When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHOR and save 40% off the best-selling wedge ramp combo at liberator.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by AdamMail.com. Enjoy 35% off a prostate massager or another sexy toy when you use the promo code MANHOR at adammail.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to the sluts and the scholars, the whores and the historians. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Ugh, Billy's feeling very hot and messy. Uh, you know, dare I say hot mess comedy hour. No, that's a different podcast. What's going on, everyone? How you doing? Uh, welcome to my show. If you are new to my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Uh, yeah, I know it sounds like bitches I banged with Billy Presida, but I promise it's not that show. This week, I've got a very special guest on, not one of my former flames, fellow sex podcaster and therapist, Nicoletta Heidegger. Uh, I saw a movie on Sunday night, which really blew my fucking socks off. I'm not going to get into like a full movie review. But the movie Love Simon is now in theaters. Is is a it's it's in the gay high school kid category of movies and it is beautiful. And I wept my fucking eyes out. I connected with that movie in ways that still make me mildly uncomfortable. <laughs> Not uncomfortable, just now confused. It's fine. It's okay. I'll get into that one day. So a uh, beautiful movie about a a high school senior who is gay and no one knows and he's closeted and just it's based off of a book that i believe of the same name and it's just a really wonderful movie i cried for the last 15 20 minutes of the movie straight through just full-on loud sobs uh tears down my face the whole way i was walking out with my friend celia and i was just like i don't know do i like wipe the tears away or do, do i wear this like a badge of honor on my face if you want to hear my if you want to know like my full thoughts on love simon Go to my Instagram, go to my uh, Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. You will see a lengthy read with a, uh, a little photo over there. But the short version is go see the movie Love, Simon. It's inclusive. It's considerably diverse considering it takes place in the middle of the country. Uh, and it's a major studio film. Go vote with your dollars. Go see this movie. It's um, I think it's a bring tissues and shit. Uh, I've had <laughs> up until Friday, I was having a good week. I got to say, <laughs> you know, I, I took a PR class. I went and saw some roller derby. I shot for my friend's web series where I got to play a cat caller. I went on a couple of really good dates, you know, like it was good. But then there's just been this shit 
in between. I in particular want to talk about uh, Friday night. I went to a pool party social. Uh, it was sponsored by Hacienda, my, the, my wonderful sex positive community out here in New York City. And they threw a like pool party. It wasn't a sex party, just like a pool party with sexy people. It's the type of thing where, like, if you were curious about non-monogamy or polyamory or sex positivity, just wanted to be in a fun, sexy space, you you know, you could come and hang out with that, go in the sauna, great time. So I finally got to go to one on Friday uh, over at the Grace Hotel. Had a fantastic time, but I got put in a, I got put in a situation that makes me uncomfortable, and I left feeling disappointed, mostly in myself. There's a woman, we're going to call her who I'm friendly with. We don't like hang out often, but like we text here and there. Um, um, but she's been kind of flirty with me and I've decided I didn't want to, I, I, I went to that party being like, I'm not going to hook up with. I just decided, you know, like it's not something that I wanted to do. I also didn't really feel like a lot of chemistry. Like she's nice and friendly and slamming hot. I'm very shocked. I don't want to sleep with her because she's gorgeous but for some reason i just i made a decision in my mind it's fine i don't have to justify it you sometimes just decide like i don't want to sleep with a person that's you don't have to explain yourself so go to the party be like it's gonna be there and i've decided i don't want to sleep with her and that is an okay decision to make she's there we're hanging out we're being friendly it's fine but then there's this couple and um the the babe portion of the couple i'm gonna refer to as a as babe because she was I think, in my opinion, the most gorgeous woman at that party. She's this beautiful, thick, great makeup, very fun haircut, um, badass personality type. I was like all hard eyes emojis over her, right? And so, like, there's some flirting going down. And at one, and I'm not flirting with, I'm flirting with babe, but pulls me in and um, whispers to me like, "Don't fuck this up." Because they have a hotel room here and they want to invite us up for a foursome. Now, I don't think I was under the impression that I didn't want to sleep with her. But if it meant sleeping with Babe, I was willing to go with the flow and do stuff with I think a lot of ladies out there in the swinger world have done things with dudes that they maybe didn't want to do because maybe they want to hook up with the woman portion or vice versa. You know, the ones who aren't. You know, some women out there who are swingers, not thrilled to eat pussy, but they'll eat some pussy to also bang the hot husband. We've all been in these situations and you make your own consolation. So I made that in my mind. I was like, okay, that's going to be okay with me. And later in the evening, Babe uh, brings up the topic of STIs and asks if everyone's been tested. And we go through that and everyone's like, cool, cool, cool. And Babe points at me and says, you and me, we're good to go. So I'm like... Oh, great. Like this very pretty dominant lady wants to do things with me. This is and maybe even going to boss me around a bit. Like this is going to be great. I go to co check. We all go to co check uh, to get our stuff to go upstairs. I'm checking my phone. I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm floored discovering that I missed a historical moment of a 16 seed beating a one seed Virginia. Uh, but I, you know, I get over it and I start walking to the elevator. All of a sudden, Babe has now recruited some new, like four and more people to join us upstairs. Um, three more guys and, and a lady, uh, the lady, we're going to call her nice. I'm going to call her nice, nice. 
is a nice lady. I'm not at all attracted to nice. I'm not interested in playing with nice. And then there's also these other three guys. And I, I was kind of uncomfortable that we were switching from a foursome to an orgy, but I'm trying to like be social and go with the flow. And it's okay, Billy. It's okay. I've now missed probably two opportunities to advocate for myself to say, Hey, um, cool that you're excited for a foursome, but like, I, I, I don't really want to, I don't want to take our friendship to a sexual level. Could have said that I didn't. When I found out we were going to have this nice eight person orgy in a hotel room that maybe I wasn't prepared for. I had an opportunity to say, you know what guys, actually I'm not, I'm good. I'm, I could, I could have lied and just been like, Oh, I feel tired, whatever. And I didn't, I go up there. Uh, I get on the bed, gets on the bed, babes on the bed, babes, boyfriends on the bed, babes, boyfriend starts going down on her babe points at me and tells me to go down on again. I'm not particularly interested in hooking up with made out with her in the pool because it was four of us kind of all making out. I'm trying to go with the flow. But I go down on because Babe knows I like following directions from dominant women. We had you know talked about it previously. I want to hook up with Babe. Babe has also made it expressly clear that she wanted to do stuff with me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat real good to show Babe how much I, you know, how good I can be and all the things, whatever. Then another guy takes my place eventually. And Babe has guys cycling through her pussy, like. Different dudes popping in, eating her pussy, kind of waiting for my turn. And while I'm chilling around, I'm like touching babe a little bit, coming, going in for some kisses. Nice is on the bed as well, getting eaten out by what I believe was her significant other. And she's being kind of loud in her moaning. Wonderful, fun. But babe points at me and tells me, make out with her so she'll stop being so loud. <laughs> Again, I have no interest in hooking up with nice. I've exchanged maybe two sentences with nice, but babe told me to do it and babe's super sexy and I'm going to do things for babe to be able to get with babe because babe told me we were doing that. So I'll do that. Okay. So I'm making, I'm making out, I'm doing my best making out I've got in my bag. And then at some point, like the next guy's going to eat babe out and Babe tells him to wash his mouth out with Listerine. He's like, there's Listerine in the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom too with him and we both take some swigs of Listerine showing Babe, hey, look, I'm I'm ready for my turn. When you're ready, I'm all Listerined out and prepped for you. Then all the ladies have come and then she's like, okay, cool. I think we're, we're good and we're going to wind down and, and her and her boyfriend are going to you know get to sleep and whatnot. So it was the very polite kicking out of everybody. So we all start getting dressed and I am feeling really... Um, not great. I've just done some sex acts with two people I had no interest in because I was told to. I mean, at one point I'm fingering nice because no one's going down on nice and she and nice asks me. I mean, look, what am I supposed to do in the situation where we got like we've got six, seven people on a bed all fooling around and then someone tells t- someone else tells me to do something with a person what am i going to do be like yeah i don't want to make out with nice or i'm just going to single her out in front of the whole group to be like yeah i don't want to no i tried to go with the flow grant this is one of my i haven't been in a lot of impromptu orgies most of the orgies i'm in are like super planned i like plans plans are good plans come with rules and boundaries and, and things like that you know this was like an impromptu orgy which was supposed to be a 
a semi-impromptu foursome. You know, I chose not to like possibly humiliate her in front of the group. So when she's asking me directly to finger her and I'm still waiting for my turn with babe, I'm like, okay, but I mean, Jesus, at one point I am like the, the news is on mute on the TV in the hotel and I'm just so disinterested and so kind of dejected and so on autopilot that I'm like watching New York One News while fingering the fuck out of this woman. So, babe, you know, we all start leaving and I mean, I leave my number, I, I write my number down and go like, hey, in case you want it. Because at this point, it seems like maybe she's changed her mind, which is fine, or you know, maybe didn't get to me, or maybe she genuinely was tired. I don't know, but I left feeling fucking used, and I, f- I left feeling dejected and rejected, and the other jecteds. I left mostly. I left the hotel and, and walked, took a long walk to the train, like disappointed and mad at myself because I didn't stand up for myself. One-on-one, I've done pretty good when a woman wants to, say, have, like, penis and vagina sex. And maybe I'm not ready or I'm not comfortable or maybe I'm just not feeling like it because, you know, sometimes I feel bloated and I'm down to eat your pussy, but I'm not really interested in fucking yeah. Who knows what it is? I've been really good at advocating for myself and saying, I don't want to do this. Someone says, ooh, I really want you to fuck me. I'm like, I'm not really in the mood to fuck right now, but I'd be happy to totally finger you or eat your pussy or something else. I've been, I've gotten really good at that. And not being uncomfortable. But in a social situation, I felt so uncomfortable saying no. I felt pressured, even though even though Babe didn't really pressure me. I mean, granted, Babe knew I was going to do what she told me to do. Because I had been saying a lot of yes ma'ams over the course of the evening. She knew I was going to do what she told me to do. And she told me to do these things with these people. But I never like felt pressured. I felt like, oh, this is part of the sexiness that leads up to when we fool around so although i didn't like i wasn't pressured i felt pressured i i acknowledged like didn't do anything wrong i didn't tell i didn't want to hook up with her that was my job to do and i didn't do that so i, I left feeling pressured i left feeling used I, f- I left feeling disappointed and um i left mad at myself there were so many opportunities for me to trust my gut follow my instincts And I didn't. So that sucked. I imagine it's something a lot of people, I don't mean to gender it, but I'm sure a lot of women have been in situations where they didn't trust their gut and then ended up doing, ended up in sexual situations they weren't comfortable in. For me, this is one of those. No impropriety necessarily by anyone. Maybe not the most ethical way about going about things. But no one like did anything explicitly bad. Like I'm not angry at babe. I'm not angry at just kind of angry with myself. I mean, hopefully next time I will stand up for myself and figure out the the smooth way to get myself out of situations I don't want to be in. I woke up on Saturday and I felt like, okay, last night was not great. There are things I could have done better. Next time I will do them better. And hopefully I will. And I hope anyone out there who's ever been in that scenario, who has made out with someone they didn't want to make out with, who was just trying to go with the flow, who were worried about damaging his ego or making someone feel bad. And so they blew someone they didn't want to blow. Unless you're getting something out of it. I hope you don't next time. I hope you also stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself. 
Cause like, yeah, I haven't done a walk of shame in a long time. I'm really happy to report that before Friday, I have not had like regrettable sex in a really long time. You know, all the, all the sex I had had was very purposeful. It was sex I wanted to have. And I, and when I didn't want to have sex with someone, I would say so. And Friday was a slip. And then moving forward, I'm just going to do better then. And I hope you do too. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to share with y'all before um, all this other shit hit the fan in the last like two to three days. And uh, and I may or may not get into some of it next week. We'll see. But that's the story I wanted to share with y'all. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not the happiest thing and I don't know how to transition out of it. Uh, I will say, oh, you know who I met? Uh, this, this was fun. There was a guy in the orgy who, when we were getting dressed... He is like, he's poly, he's part of the poly community, and he, uh, when we were getting dressed, people kept calling me Billy, and then he was like, do you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. It was like, oh, I recognize who you are. And I was like, oh, that could be good or bad, depending on where you recognize me from. He's like, yeah, it's not great. I was like, yeah, are you part of Open Love and Why? He was like, yeah, I saw that whole you being kicked out of the group thing. He said, this is my favorite part, he said... You're not how I thought you were going to be. What am I like a half decent human being? He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Sometimes you meet someone in person and realize there's just a lot of overly sensitive people on a, who run Facebook groups. <laughs> that was my favorite one. That was the slightest bit of vindication leaving that hotel was, well, somebody who thought I was a monster because of the internet met me and was like, oh, he's not a monster. Cool. That felt nice. Also, shout out to Chris. I don't know your last name, uh, but Chris, who I met at the pool party, that was fun. I was in the sauna, and I was talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, he was like, do you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. It's, it was like a really common question that night. It was very weird. Do you have a podcast? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my God, dude, I'm here because of you. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you kept talking about Hacienda. So I looked them up, and then I got on their mailing list so I could be part of the community and explore all of this. So he signed up and now he goes to Hacienda events. And I was like, oh, dude, that's so fucking awesome. I mean, like I wasn't promoting the event. He just like he found Hacienda because of me and that felt cool. And so if you're in the greater New York area, if you're interested in socializing with other sex positive or poly or kinky or just generally sexy people, consider attending Hacienda events. Uh, Go to wearehacienda.com. That's we-a-r-e-h-a-c-i-e-n-d-a. Look, there'll be a link in the show notes. Get on their mailing list because they have some really great events. A lot of good stuff. And um, it's a community that has made me feel accepted and wanted and loved. Um, And sometimes they've even made me feel like I'm not a monster, which is really uh, helpful. Yeah. And now for this week's guest, Nicoletta Heidegger. I am trying to bring my energy level up and feel good and happy and optimistic as we move forward into this week's show. Nicoletta is a marriage and family therapist, and she is also the co-host of the wonderful Sluts and Scholars podcast, which I've listened to myself uh, and quite enjoyed. We recorded while we were out in Vegas covering the AVN Awards. Uh, It was a last minute booking, uh, and I was kind of, you know, I got an email from her publicist and like, hey, can would you like talk to her? She had a very tight window to record. This is a shorter conversation than we normally have because she was kind of under a a tight deadline. As a therapist, I will admit, 
this episode kind of devolves into a little bit of a, like a Billy goes to therapy episode. <laughs> um, it, this was my fourth recording that day. I was very emotionally exhausted. I was very emotionally drained. I had been connecting and disconnecting with multiple wonderful people. But, you know, my empathy tank was starting to run dry. And by the end of it, I felt like I just needed to lie down on a couch and talk to somebody. And I talked Nic- talk to Nicoletta. I did. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. My intern loved this episode. She, when she sent me the show notes, she was like, I love her. I am subscribing to her podcast right now. And I hope you all feel the same way. Slight note, this episode was recorded at the end of January before I got dumped by my most recent ex. So when you hear about a girlfriend, it's not a new girlfriend. It is that girlfriend. So I hope no one gets confused. Let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Nicoletta Heidegger. As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. And you can get 40% off Liberator's Wedge Ramp Combo when you use promo code MANHOR at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling Wedge Ramp Combo with promo code MANHOR or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. Like I said, it's a very informal, but formal. Profe- it's like very, prof- it's weird. It has to be like, <laughs> it's very professional. It's a real show. Like people listen to it. I know. It's I, my I, job, I, but also like it's very informal. Yeah, yeah. No, we do the same thing. We're, we're conversational on our show too. So happy, yeah. happy to be here, surrounded by all the things. Um, we're going to raise this guy for you okay. just so can pick you up better. And then I pretend how I know how levels work and we say stuff. Hello, uh, hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> we say things like hello, hello. And we say, can you hear me? These are all great. So far, nailing it. I feel like this, it, you really got this in my face like a, a dick, right? <laughs> Staring down the shaft. Stare it down. Oh, yes. Yeah, a phallic joke about microphones. I'm sure you have not heard that before. Never, ever. Have very, I ever? Very original. Yeah, both with podcasting and in comedy. Oh, so yeah. No one's ever called this a big black dick before. It's well, never happened. We're, I'm, I was happy <laughs> to be on this podcast because I feel like our titles are similar. You've got man whore and we've got sluts and scholars. Mm-hmm. So how are you reclaiming the man whore title? So that's the thing. I'm not even... It, it wasn't a political statement when I chose it. You're it's, just like, oh, I'm a man whore. So this is a well, good... Well, it's more like other women called me a man whore a uh, lot. Okay. So what does that even mean? Well, I had this problem. I started the show like about four years ago where I had this problem. Women would sleep with me, but they wouldn't date me. And I wanted to find out why. Oh. Because like I wanted a relationship. I wanted someone to love me back. But anytime, you know, I wanted to get more serious, it was always the woman who told me she just wanted to keep it super cash. Mm. And so I was like, let's fucking find out why. It was, it was just such a repetitive problem. And, uh, and so, but I remember some women called me like jokingly be like, oh, you're such a man whore. Because I, I do, I am lovey-dovey and I have feelings and I, I love love have, and romance. Have feelings? Men yeah, have feelings? I have a few of those. But at the same time, I also love sex. And I love having fun, different sex. I'm very open and honest talking about sex, even since before I started doing this show. So that's one reason why it's called Man or Podcast. And another reason, uh, good marketing. 
it's it's just a good title in my opinion. <laughs> it stands out. Okay. <laughs> you walk around convention floor, it says man whore podcast. They're like, oh, you that's know, so like, funny. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, we get that. T- that's why I'm wearing my Sluts, Sluts and Scholars shirt. Oh, yeah. I need to get this. I've got this is a man whore podcast shirt that says man whore podcast on the back, but it says keep calm and stay slutty. And I'm just realizing like people are kind of really over this meme. So, oh, the like keep calm and <laughs> yeah, and whatever. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I am really over that. Yeah, <laughs> but I do have another one that's great, and it's um, uh, it's the one I'm actually proud of. And so, I think I finally found my first t shirt that not only I like wearing but might actually sell. But it says, I'm saving pegging for marriage. Are you actually? I mean, not literally, but I have been saving pegging for like a special someone. <laughs> I haven't done pegging, I've done plenty of butt stuff. Pegging is great, <laughs> I bet, and I would love to know, but I just feel like the difference between pegging and say, fucking my ass with a dildo or with your fingers or something is or putting a butt plug in me it feels more personal yes exactly it's such a more <laughs> intimate thing when you when you like how sh- some sex workers have the no make out rule it's, like uh, too, it's my too least intimate. favorite rule with sex workers is no making out it's like it's my second favorite part of being sexual i like fucking then i love making out so much so i could just make out for hours not come and still be fine and then i guess oral is a very close to third um so what is it about the pegging that's so um because she's grabbing my hips and thrusting it's it's that act of strapping it on uh-huh. thrusting into me um so I, being like really submissive to somebody's it's just it's a penetration more, i find the that th- the thrusting part of it the grabbing me, the actual fucking me mm. is more intimate yeah. and so the first time i do it I'd like it to be someone I feel safe with and that well, yeah, I'm in love with and that I know cares about me. Uh, I mean, look, I don't need someone to care about me to stick a finger in my ass. That's <laughs> Anyone could do that. Yeah. We're doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, I'll, <laughs> stranger things have happened on this podcast uh, while the mics were on. I, d- I did one episode recently where we had oral sex auditions. On you? No, I had a friend who's very sexually frustrated. Couldn't find a guy with high sexual IQ. So – we did an episode where I had five guys like come at appointment times to audition and they had 10 minutes to go in and only using fingers and tongues make a first impression. Their pants always stayed on and then they after 10 minutes I knock on the door and they leave. And then we would do like pre-game, post-game and then she would review. And, and I, did she like that? Because in, in my head I'm thinking like, okay, sure, there are some people who could just go right for it and it would feel pleasurable. But for me, if there's no like other connection before and maybe not some like teasing touching – it would be like no. I mean it's not like look yeah. you if your style was to dive straight in head first like you can do that but I mean most people like start making out and playing with nipples it, again you didn't have to necessarily knock it out of the ballpark the first time you just had to get make a good first impression to say hey I kind of know what I'm doing and if you give me more than 10 minutes you're gonna really like it and maybe we'll even fuck if you want us to uh cool. so we did you know I've done that I, I, I don't know I want to do some fun stuff in the future maybe you know do some stuff with uh Two guests who are both receiving oral from people while they're talking, while we both talk. So, like, imagine we were talking right now, but like, my girlfriend was sucking me off, and like, uh, do you have a boyfriend partner? I do. Like, I have a partner. Okay, if and your partner was going down on you, and then we tried to have this conversation. Well, why didn't you tell me? I would have planned this differently. I, I, next time, then. <laughs> this would have been like such a more not that it's not a fun podcast so far, you know, but just yeah, I'm just getting all these thoughts in my head of what, how it could have been. Yeah, well, you know, if if we had if if we weren't on such a tight schedule, maybe we could uh, do some sort of uh, weird, fucking, crazy, kinky, elaborate thing. But <laughs> such is life. Time. Such is life. So, uh, but you know, it's a good time to say I'm here right now with Nicoletta Heidegger. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it right. Okay, close. cool. That was pretty close. How, how would you say? <laughs> Heidegger. 
Oh, I was too heavy on the G's. Heidegger. Heidegger. But that's fine. Okay. It, I might even be saying it wrong. It's, sure. it's Austrian. Well, you, not only are you the host of the Sluts and Scholars podcast, which is a fun uh, sex podcast uh, about you know sex and sex positivity <laughs> yes. and sex, right? Sex. You talk about sex, also sex and the sex stuff. <laughs> and some sex. It originally came up because we li- we wanted to basically say that not just women, but all types of people and how they're judged for their sexuality. And so, you know, you find that some people are seen as like not as smart or not as able to do their job based on how they handle their personal sex life. Mm. And so this was kind of like a poke against that of like, I can be a slut and a scholar at the same time. It doesn't have to be either or. A scholarly slut. A scholarly slut. So we, or a slutty scholar. Or a slutty I mean, yeah. scholar. And we will welcome people who are just sluts and just scholars as well. Um, so you don't have to be both, but it's just kind of challenging that that norm but we talk about everything from um anal to um quote-unquote small penises to pretty much anything you could think of sex workers porn stars mm-hmm. performers Fan- authors fantastic yeah yeah you've had we've had uh several of the same guests i was listening to your episode with dr david lay uh when i was you know on my way over here oh in the car. did he come on yours oh uh, yeah yeah he i he he was on sometime i think like last year or two years ago and how did, he was good. How did it go he's fantastic you know really fun i Funny story was I didn't realize he he was did you do yours in person or Skype? Um, I know him from before, but we did ours via Skype. So I we do in person at, ho- at his hotel room while he was in New York, and I didn't know he didn't have an arm. <laughs> no one fucking told me. That's <laughs> I'll put it this way: he doesn't put it in his press release. Well, technically, <laughs> the arm is the whole thing. He, he's, he, he's missing a forearm and a hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I didn't notice this until we we met at a. He's very open to talk about it. He is, but like also I didn't know like but this is how much time it took. We met at a restaurant. We we met, I shook hands, we walked uh a, a whole two city blocks to get to his hotel. We shared an elevator. We talked in his hotel room. Then he went to the bathroom and I was setting up. It was only when I went to hand him the microphone I was like, "Oh, there's something missing there in my head cuz you know, you don't just say that out loud." Um <laughs> So did he notice that you were like? Oh, I brought it kerfuffled? up. I mean, I brought it up during the, while we recorded because why would I admit I'm kerfuffled unless the the mics were rolling? Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but isn't that interesting that like that's something that's so noticeable? Yeah. Like that 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 your mind would immediately go to like, oh, that's missing. You know what it is? It's like I I'm, I focus a lot on trying to make good eye contact, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's one of the reasons why sometimes I worry like I might be autistic, but at the same time, like I make great eye contact. But is it because I was taught to make good eye contact and it's a rule in my head, or because I just naturally do it and I'm fine? I don't fucking know. I'm a weird person. Um, <laughs> We'd have to spend more time together with you on my therapy chair to, for me to figure out if you were on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of arguments uh, right now that in in both both categories to be determined uh, <laughs> keep me posted but no i keep I, I do a lot of eye contact so i'm not looking at his arms just like if someone had like let's say someone had massive tits i probably might notice but like a lot it's not on my mind because I'm, I'm up here the whole time so you didn't notice my boobs i'm i try not to oh. i'm trying to be respectful okay <laughs> the look twitter's not very kind to people who make mistakes like that especially because you're a white man in this day and age yeah and uh and there's a little more spotlight yeah as there should be mm-hmm but also it's caused me to be like, okay, don't look at tits unless you're invited. That tends to be like my philosophy on life. So how did he respond when you brought it up? Because I, I think he's, he responds great to talk about oh, we laughed. sex and accessibility. and Yeah, we, we had a good laugh about it. And then uh, we, I think we did like a Patreon bonus episode about, you know, what it was like, um, how, it was like how it informed his sexuality, mm-hmm. like growing up and, and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, again, I always lo- have wondering, I think I've asked him about this in person. I don't know if I got a straight answer, but I'm always like, do you? Can you do you like put that in people? 
<laughs> like the, the part was what on. was the answer uh, i don't know i don't want to give away anyone's uh, personal information i honestly can't remember um but i mean you know he's a pretty experimental person i wouldn't put it past him that he is that he is <laughs> love you dr david lay you're amazing <laughs> fantastic fantastic i mean have you ever been with someone with some sort of disability similar to that um yeah because i was gonna say like disability is so wide-reaching like i mean i'm sure someone with a mental or i'm gonna i'm gonna go with physical though something that um, you know no, I haven't. Um, and I think it just uh, because I haven't had the opportunity. So I wouldn't. So you're just waiting for would, the opportunity. I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening and you have a. Literally roll <laughs> up if that's the thing that you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Can roll right through or crutch it up. Whatever. Whatever yeah, gets you I here. I love talking about it. I love talking about sex and accessibility and all those things. Um, Do you talk about I, this much in your practice? Uh, you're also a. I, I might phrase this wrong, but a marriage and relationships counselor or therapist? Oh, close. How, no. how do you say. Um, I'm a marriage and family therapy intern, but I'm like 100 hours away from being just a marriage family therapy ther- marriage family therapy therapist marriage family th- i think i feel like yeah, yeah. but i feel like the first hour should be dedicated to you nailing down how to say the thing Me- yeah <laughs> well you got me confused now <laughs> mft mft and mft yeah right, right and a sexologist so i imagine this stuff comes up when uh when when the, talking to say couples struggling in a marriage or you know someone Oh, definitely. Yeah, there was a great talk here at AVN. Um, I think her name's Robin. She's amazing. Was talking about uh, sex and disability. Um, but it's, you know, something like whether you're aging or there's just, it could be really anything going on pain. There's a lot of like sex and accessibility stuff. So I would like to think that I would be informed, but I haven't really had the opportunity to practice it yet. Very cool. Well, what made you want to be a, a therapist uh, with such a specificity? You didn't just be like, oh, I just want to be, you know, a psychoanalyst or you know, a general, whatever. You you were like, I want to deal with sex. you know couples and families and sex. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Chatsworth, which, if you don't know, is the porn production or was the porn production capital. Chatsworth, um, where? Chatsworth in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so it's like a suburb in, in the valley, basically. So if you've ever seen like Fast Times at Ridgemont High or valley girls or clueless it's Mm. like the valley um and so that was the porn production capital it's pretty much only known for porn and charles manson um two wonderful things and so um i don't know how that necessarily relates but i feel like i was destined to be someone who would be at avn Mm -hmm. um and so most of the people around me never really felt comfortable talking about sex there was a lot of dysfunctional families and just dysfunctionality growing up in la Uh, I had a great therapist growing up who um, is now has her own show um, as like a therapist. Um, Her name is Dr. Jen Mann. She has couples (coughs) therapy on VH1. And so I had a good therapist with that. And then I was just always the person that like people felt comfortable asking. My my dad's from Europe and my parents were pretty open. So they kind of let me explore my sexuality from an early age and didn't like shame me. What's that look like? (laughs) Um, I had a really good relationship with the like fireman's pole at the park. Yeah. So I would like grind up and down that. You were the five year old who was like on it a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like way too long. Um, I mean, who's to say what's too long. So I was on that, you know, lampposts, whatever pillows, probably whatever I could get my hands on, which is like pretty normal for young kids. But most parents would be like, Oh no, no. Like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Sure. Um, and my parents were like, Oh, you know, she's almost done. Just let her finish. Um, (laughs) just let her finish. (laughs) Yeah. But but so they were cool with you to, uh, discovering your body and yeah, masturbation. Yeah. What about when it be, started became becoming partnered? Very very uh, supportive. I mean, you know, they were open to dialogues about that stuff. They would help me get the kinds of care that I needed and go to an OBGYN. And I felt like I could ask. I, I felt like I could ask my mom mostly anything. My dad a lot of things um and so i was comfortable people would always have me be the one in like sex ed class to ask the questions and then i went to college um 
and I worked at the like sexual health resource center and got really involved with that and knew I was going to study to be a therapist. So it just kind of came together. And then my senior year, I was the mascot um, in my undergrad at Stanford. I was the tree. The tree? Mm-hmm. Ugh, no wonder Stanford's not known for... <laughs> okay, but we like make fun of mascots. That's like the whole point. It's just like a satire. Um, but I had a column. They asked me to do a column in the uh, Stanford Daily called Sex Talks with the Tree. Uh. And so it just, it all kind of came together. Wild. What When you're asking, you said like, obviously... Uh, and this doesn't surprise me, but you said like, oh, you could ask your mom a lot, like almost anything about sex. And dad, you could ask a lot of things. What's like one of the questions you remember having, feeling like I have to ask dad this? Hmm. You know, I, I don't think I ever thought like I have to ask him this. It was just like always an open conversation around it. But I think there were some specific things that he just didn't want to hear. Um, like when we were specifically talking about like experiences or pleasure and things like that, I think I would just leave it a little more um, personal. How private. dare my daughter be pleased? <laughs> he comes from a, a but- pretty small town in Austria and like just him accepting the work that I do, I think is big strides for a small town guy like he is right yeah do mfts always deal with like sex sexuality or is it you know is it something you're trying you I would want to wish but it's a thing you want to bring into your practice one yeah. oh absolutely yeah. i mean i think every therapist should have it but unfortunately most therapists only have like one class if at all on sex and so i mean how are you gonna help people if right. you don't even feel comfortable talking about sex or addressing your own sex life yeah so i hope that more mfts who are listening get sex training i think a, lo- a problem for a lot of uh, whether it be sex positive people, kinky people, poly people, queer people is, is finding like a good sex positive therapist. I think that's a, my, my girlfriend right now wants me to go to therapy cause I'm all fucked up. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> are you too open? Huh? Are you in an open relationship? Uh, yeah, we're polyamorous. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And, and, but they want me to go to therapy and I'm, and they initially were like, Oh, you could go like next week easily. I was like, yeah, but I want to make sure I find the right, therapist because especially yeah. when you when i'm saying look my my living is going to be around my dating and sexual history i think your conventional therapist may go well this is a problem like uh, you're oversharing so i don't know there's i'm sure there's plenty of ways you could read what i do for a living but yeah, I or they find, might think that like you have issues because you're poly or that the issues are that you're poly and or that i'm a deviant because i go to on craigslist and go to a you know exactly. some sort of weird well let thing. me know you tell me later afterwards around where you live and i can give you some referrals that would be great i i think is is there anywhere on the internet a person could go find a, a safe list of people to see? Yeah. So I actually work with this group now um, that Dr. Lay is um, helped a lot with. It's called the Sexual Health Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their basic thing is to help educate people about sex who should know about it but don't. So that's therapists, social workers, um, uh, OBGYNs, regular general practitioners, uh, because most of them don't get any sexuality training. And so they step in and help train about things like, you know, non-monogamy, kink, um, all sorts of things in between. But there is the ASECT website, um, which there are some people on there that are more sex positive than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ASECT is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. AKA the organization that uh, initially intimidated me uh, against ever becoming a sex educator because I was like, oh, this looks like too much uh, prep. <laughs> And there are so many wonderful practitioners who are not part of ASECT. No. Um, and so sometimes each city will have its own, like I know up in the Bay Area in California, um, there's like a sex positive, uh, like listserv and sex positive healthcare mm-hmm. thing. So you can check that out. Um, in LA, there's, um, I think we have APACT, which is like 
people who are sex positive and that sex workers can go to. Um, so like therapists that are specifically trained. Oh, the adult, uh, the adult performer advocacy, something. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so there's some things like that in different states. So ASECT is like one national one where you can locate a professional and then check things out. But yeah, it's hard to find the right person. Mm-hmm. And that's that's even without bringing in the sex angle, right? It's just hard to find a therapist that you click with. Oh yeah. Then you sure. got to find one who, if you have something else going on, which most of us do, but it, especially if it's something so core to your yeah, life, it's never just it's being, sex. Yeah, or, you know, if you're whether it's being polyamorous or if you know sex life is public or whatever it is, or being a porn performer, you know, it, it would be hard to find that that right therapist. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of like dating, like you really have to shop around and find the right fit for you. And when you're kinky or poly or whatever, just like in dating, it becomes more difficult. Yeah. Or search on psychology today and look up someone who specifically says on their profile like kink and poly affirming um, or kink and poly informed oh very cool yeah to not know about that yeah i mean it's you know there are some little things but there are a lot of us who are more outspoken and like already somewhat in the industry and um if you're feeling confused contact some of those people so that's like um, I mean, feel free to contact me. Um, Dr. Hernando Chavez is a great one. And you're um, based out of? I'm in Los Angeles, so, okay. but we, you know, we, we talk to people all, all around the world. Um, and so it's helpful to have a network of people. So if you find someone who's like in the media and maybe they're not in your city, they can help you with a referral for someone else. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet I'm going to be getting an email from you. After. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because uh, I think it's like a condition of state. Uh, I think everyone should be in therapy. Right. I mean, I like going to therapy. Uh, and then I stopped when I got a day job and then the time wise, I couldn't do it. And then when I stopped having a day job, I was like, well, now I got the time, but I don't have the money. And, uh, yeah, so I got to figure that out. But I kind of have a clock ticking on me to figure it out. So what helped you keep going to be an educator, even though you saw like the ASECT standards? I want to be very clear in case anyone who hates me that you're going to dinner with is listening. Yeah. Billy is not a sex educator or sex expert. I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. I like to keep my standard. I keep like to keep my bar nice and low. So, so you're I'm not held disappointing to, I want to be held to the comedian standard of sex stuff, which is very low. Right. Um I <laughs> okay. crush that. I crush that. But uh as like a like I would maybe I pass I feel that's selling yourself a little bit short, but I mean I'm sure there were, are people who would disagree with me. You well, know, if you call yourself a sex educator or a sex expert, I mean or or some sort of ist uh, then you, there's all these expectations. There's new standards people place on you. And ultimately, like, it's great if people learn stuff from my show. I like to think they're not necessarily learning from me, but rather the people I have on, like yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because the fuck do I know? Um, well, you've but, lived a life. You have some. You have some experiences. I've li- yeah, I, I, feel I mean, like this I, is turning into a therapy session it, already. Where it, I'm like, come on, what's the positive here? Babe, like- you here? I'm in therapy right now. Okay, can we say it together? Cool. It's uh. But you know, it, it's it, there are like different things, like, and, and rightfully so. Like you should hold a sex educator. We should not be holding a sex educator to the same standards as a stand-up comedian. Just like we yeah. shouldn't be holding a fucking act, uh, uh, an actor to higher standards than Donald Trump, the president. I don't right? know how you feel about this, but you know, working in LA, I have a lot of people in the industry. Obviously, not just the porn and adult industry, but like the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. actors, comedians, um, and some of the most. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase this well, but some of the people who are really struggling the most are comedians. Oh, yeah, we're also. So I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, because it's like they found this way, but it's also this like self affirming like thing where you don't feel confident, but you are in a job where people judge you based on you as the product. And it just seems like this vicious fucking cycle of like misery. And so even some of the people who are so funny, 
I'm like, wow, you are pretty dark. Yeah, and then and then a lot of us are assholes. I am an asshole. Uh, that's that's the other thing. <laughs> what I does wanna, that mean? What makes you an? That's asshole? the thing. I want to be held to the standard again. If I get held to the standard of I'm just some comedian who's with a asshole. podcast who's an <laughs> asshole, then I look really good compared to that standard. <laughs> And because that way is when I dipped down. So I was like, you're being an asshole on Twitter. I was like, yeah, well, I, did, I never claimed to be otherwise. I, I, and I've also grown. I've had, inc- I've, I've had some incidences on Twitter and social media where like, you know, a lot of just impulse control stuff and where I, you know, empathy or something like that. Empathy, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that. No, I literally had to. After, I mean, the, the, you know, one of the people you're out going out to dinner with, uh, you know, we don't talk because of something that happened over two years ago on Twitter for like a month. Mm. Uh, yeah, social media is the devil. Oof, but uh, but no, I literally had to I had to Google search uh, the difference between empathy and sympathy because I wasn't sure, and everyone was telling me you don't have empathy, and I was like, well, I can't. Let me get back to you because I don't know. You're I don't like, know what I that means. I don't know what that is. So I, let me look it up. I literally had to look it up, and then. And then well, that's good that you're on a personal growth journey. I'm trying to be more mature. I like to think I'm more mature at 28, going on 29, than I was when I was freshly turned 26, uh, and I think that is way better than I was when I was 22. So how do you deal with the haters? Uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I, I talked to this guy, Nick Hawk. Do you know who he is? <laughs> like my, I just like Nick Hawk because it sounds like Nick Cock. <laughs> like Mike Hawk. <laughs> oh, you filthy pervert. My, well, my partner always, like he left a review for my podcast under Mike Hawk. <laughs> Uh, and then we got picked up one time on a vacation and he told the um car company that was picking us up that his name was mike hawk because he really wanted him to be shouting mike, mike hawk. hawk mike hawk yeah, yeah i'm wonderful uh, the puns, <laughs> we are I very immature uh, but i yeah. love you babe well I, I talked to him and he said something that uh there's two people who have recently said things to me that have made me like rethink some things mm-hmm. um in terms of haters now i used to get haters that i fully deserved Okay. Because I was an asshole. Fair. And, and I, you know, I, re- I handled situations not the best way possible. And I have tried to learn from those. I have apologized to the said people and whatever. And, uh, I'm not perfect. I have fucked up since then. But like each year, I like to think like, like 2015, fucked up a ton. 2016, I fucked up less. A little less. 2017, <laughs> fucked up way less. And then hopefully, you know, ideally each and year. We're, we're off to a new year. Right. Cause well, cause like new one. New year, new you. Right. But like one isn't perfect. And so like we have to be able to live in a society where we can make mistakes and bounce back from them and just so long as one learns from those mistakes and tries to improve mm-hmm. uh my impulse control is not perfect but like it's like i said better well like i like to now type response tweets i like to type it out and then delete mm. like so never actually send it i think that's a good thing for everyone like if you're pissed off and want to really say something to someone like write a letter that you never have to send right. to just get that shit out there yeah so so we're dealing with haters that i so I'm focusing more on haters I don't think I deserve. So haters who don't let go of nonviolent past from years past or mm-hmm. haters who are just kind of assholes. Um, or sometimes like if you jump There's in. There's some trolls out there. Yeah. I, I got my first death threat. Oh my God, congratulations. Thank you. I still have been, made it. I've been, do, I've been doing the show four years. I still haven't gotten a death threat. It was like a not so direct, not like I'm going to come to your house and do this and kill you. But they were like, you should just die. You stupid dumb bitch. What, what did like, you I do? You Exist as your, a, You should just fucking kill yourself. And I was like, okay. What, what did you do? Exist on the internet as a woman? <laughs> How dare you? No, I mean, I, I don't want to say I was asking for it because no one's ever asking for that. But I, I talk about controversial topics. And sure. one of those is minor attraction. Um, and so I made a video about uh, non-offending pedophiles, minor attraction. And of course, you know, bring on the trolls. Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk more about that, oh, Jesus. Sure. But uh, 
but, uh, I'm but, sure I'll get some more trolls yeah. who are listening. I, the hate fuels me. Honestly, when I was the mascot at Stanford, people fucking hate the tree. Um, because it's, like it's a dumb mascot? Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. It is in your face. Um, everyone at school knows who you are. It's not like a hidden sacred thing like it is at most schools. I mean, it is sacred in a different way, but it's just, you know, we're kind of obnoxious and we do funny things. The tree is kind of notoriously known for getting into trouble. Mm. Um, and so I got tackled by a few fans. I've gotten a lot of threats and things. Like I oh had my. to have a, what we called tree protection services. We had to have like security. So a bunch of people um, dressed up as Smokey the Bear, which who would be a better mascot in the first place? <laughs> um, the, well, the Cal Berkeley is a bear. So we, you know, obviously had a few uh, going, but I won a dance contest against that loser one time. So whatever. <laughs> um, but the hate fueled me. So the more that people would be like, fuck you tree, like I fucking hate you tree. I would just, I was like waving and smiling and mm-hmm. I love it. it. Fuels me. Yeah. And, and I've asked people what to do. Uh, and a lot of people say, again, one is just me behaving better like just learning how to cope in different ways but mm-hmm. a lot of people said like look if you're doing something right you're gonna get haters if you yeah. can't handle the haters don't be in the public eye like just yeah. that is a choice you make if you want to be in public eye not everyone's gonna love you i think it's and feeling I, confident yeah, ha- with yourself and like going against that voice that's telling you like oh i can't do this or i'm not supposed to be in this or i'm not yeah. doing something good so if you're feeling more confident with yourself and supporting yourself then those things don't knock you down so much versus if you're like already feeling shitty and someone says something shitty it's like it's easy to fall for me it's like reminding myself like i'm not a monster like i'm not a bad person Mm -hmm. i am a imperfect person who has done both good and not good things that's what Uh, everyone is though right but a lot of people on uh twitter is uh, you know whether or not you're sex positive you can be like a big mass fucking bully fest uh, and, and not, they forget that. And yeah. There's a lot of, it's bullying like if you do, of the bullying of the bullies. Yes. It's like, if you do, it's just like, what are you, why? Yeah. Like, aren't you saying bullying sucks? And no matter how much good you do, it's like, if you have one infraction, people will freak over you. Grant, I've had more than one, one minor infraction. I have many minor, bad, many minor infractions, but, um, people freak out and it's almost as if it negates anything good you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is one thing that I've learned is if you're going to be like, if it's too hot, get out of the kitchen. Um, but there's two guests I've had that said things recently to me uh, on this show that really kind of warped me. Uh, Nick Hawk, he's a gigolo. He was on that show, Gigolos, on Showtime. And I haven't seen it, but it sounds yeah. great. He's, he was an interesting fella. I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but he said something great. He, he's basically, oh my gosh, I'm waiting for like the episode after me where you're like, oh, Nicoletta was on, wasn't the biggest fan. but you uh, know. <laughs> Well, he said that um, like it's fine to have an ego. You do, like He's like have an ego like every he's like everyone should have everyone should be so confident that they have an ego the, the idea is there's a difference between having an ego and then just being an asshole a cocky asshole about it right but so having ego like don't feel shame for being who you are and for being great like if you're great like he basically i would say i'll wrap it up with he had one quote with fuck humility so that was one thing and then the other one was this guy daniel saint he runs an organization in new york city called nsfw uh new society for wellness it's like a I don't play on not safe for work. Yeah, it's kind of like a a sex party group, but they do more than just sex parties. Mm-hmm. They have classes. They go. They do weed workshops. They do a lot. It's like a lifestyle membership club, but they also have. It's a lot of sex parties. So he said, um, "People want to take your people want to occupy take your mind space. They want to occupy your mind space, especially if you're doing something great and if you're being successful at it." People want to own your your headspace, yeah, and, those and you have energy to not, vampires. Exactly, and so to not you gotta not let them do that. So those are a couple of things I've been forced. 
focusing on in the last like maybe like six months mm-hmm. to get myself to not care. To, for example, like you invited me to dinner and I know someone there doesn't like me and I don't have to go to that. And that like, you know, I declined more, mostly for her sake, but um, I don't have to sit here concerned. Like there's someone out there who doesn't like me and I know their name and I know that they don't like me. Like, I, I, I used tough. to care. Yeah. I used to care and be like, oh, fuck, there's someone at a dinner that doesn't like me. I was like, you know what? Some people aren't going to like me. Some of them are justified. Some of them are not. And uh, I just, whatever, I move on and focus on my thing. They put the blinders up. I feel like I go into, it's hard because I, I have to go into therapy role sometimes because I do hold space sometimes for the people feuding on social media because I'm friends of like both people do you mediate um no oh okay okay um when you say hold space i thought that meant like it for myself in my life like i have to like keep this relationship separate from this relationship and know that i like admire this person for that and this person for this and then then i see them feuding and it's hard not to feel like you have to choose a side Mm -hmm. um and so i guess like therapeutically i try to stay somewhat neutral and like hear people out and um hold space for like whatever they're bringing to me. Oh, you'd um, make a great divorce, uh, divorce kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm divorce mediator. I, oh no, I meant kid, kid of divorced parents. Sounds like oh. you would be great. You won't choose mom. You won't choose dad. But like, look, I like you both for different reasons. Do your thing. Yeah, Seemed, yeah. Uh, really I probably good did for that it. in my own family's life, but I think so. I I make less, and maybe this is like I don't want to say this is ignorant, or maybe it's privilege of me that I often will not make certain like political broad statements on social media because Mm. I don't want a lot of clients to know certain things about me because I might have clients from both sides coming to me. Um, You know, I might have Trump supporters coming to me um, and like, how are you going to support them? I might have perpetrators. I might have victims. And so, um, yeah, it's tough to be in the middle sometimes. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And some people would say being in the middle is not an option because we need change. Um, But sometimes it feels like I have to be because of my job. Yeah. And so, do you do you get in fights with your current partner? Of course. And is there, does he ever go? Hey, you're supposed to be better at this because like you're supposed to be you teach people oh, how to have better yeah. relationships. My dad has said that to me, and I'm like, I am not working right now. Are you paying me? Like, I'm just a human being, and I think sometimes when you put in all that energy to do that work during the day, then you get home and you've like your cup has runneth over, yeah. like you've run out of the patience. And you know that's what I do for work. Of course, I love my job, but I get home and I don't want to be like on the therapy couch. Um, and so I'm sure I could handle things better and practice. I try to practice what I preach, but it's fucking hard. Yeah. So it gives me that word again, empathy for my clients when I know that they're having a hard time, you know, making changes. Cause I'm like, I hear you like same. Yeah. Well, so what do you do when you get into fights with the, with the boo, with the boo thing? Well, I think fighting can be good for a relationship. It's just learning how to Hey fight. babe, you hear that? Are you listening? <laughs> I hope you are. I don't know you, but yeah, listen, um, I think fighting fair is important. Um, and so if you learn how to fight fairly, then it's more of a conversation, um, than a a fight. So I think quote unquote fights are good as long as you're fighting fairly. What's fighting fairly look like? Um, it does not look like, uh, cursing at each other. It does not look, I don't, wouldn't say like raising your voice is necessarily a bad thing. Um, it might be in some couples, obviously physical violence is not a good thing. Um, those phrases of like, you always do this, you always do that when you're like globalizing what's going on. Um, fighting when you bring back past things that have nothing to do with what you're talking about. Um, yeah, there's so many ways not to fight well, but I think fighting fair means, making sure that you're both in a space where you can talk. Um, Cause a lot of times when you're pissed off at your partner, you go into this space that people call like part X. So part X is like your really vulnerable childlike 
really fucked up part of yourself that like when it gets triggered, you just like lash out. And so if you're in that space, knowing that like we can't have a conversation right now mm-hmm. and same thing for your partner. And now uh, how can people, it's so strange to say like fighting's good, can be good for a relationship. Yeah. Fighting because, fairly. Yeah. Because like fighting could also be terrible for the relationship and, and you know, without any like other information. Right. You have like no idea. Do There's you, a great chapter in um, this book by by my therapist, Dr. Jen Mann, and it's um, it's like a fighting fair chapter. I also did a video on it on my um, on my website on my YouTube channel. So mm. check it out for more. Yeah, self promo there. Oh, of course, of course. You'll, you'll get to do all the plugs. <laughs> what uh, what? How long have you been with the present partner? Um, it's been like a, almost a year and a half. Okay, Mazel, congrats, Mazel. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what? Are you Jewish? No, I just, I, just, I just like the word mazel. All right, okay. You know, hey, I'm Jewish. No, no one's no one's writing think piece about the appropriation of that culture I'm sure though. You'll be getting some uh, some hate tweets because you used mazel. And I will learn to just mute and move on. <laughs> Not let that take your headspace. Exactly. I, I mean, I think it's an, an important conversation because how do we confront people who are maybe doing shitty things and need to be talked to without also bullying the bully? We talked about that today. I talked to Ginger Banks. Um, oh, cool. The cam girl, yeah, porn yeah. person. And uh, we were talking about it. it. was like, she's trying to kill people with kindness. She realized like, oh, if I talk to people who are, say, a Trump supporter or someone who's do- being shitty, to talk to them first, make your first and second attempts to be like civil, like in the DMs, like not putting them on blast to all your followers to say like, hey, like you seem angry. Doing things like that. Like when Sarah Silverman, did you read about that? Yeah. Yeah. What she did with that guy was wonderful and beautiful and how we should be handling things. The amount of times I would respond better to people sliding my DMs that say, hey, you posted this tweet. I thought it was kind of offensive or like it triggered me or this, that and the other thing. Even if I'm going to disagree with them. I heard, I can hear, I feel like I'm hearing them out. When someone just like posts on a comment thread and we barely talk, it seems so insincere mm-hmm. that I'm just like, I don't want to take you seriously. And now I'm taking your point and I'm attaching it to this perceived insincerity. So now what might have been a good point has been tainted by the delivery system in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I don't think, oh, that person delivered a message wrong. That I'm thinking, oh, the message is wrong. When the message might be very, very good and yeah, valid. Some people would say don't even acknowledge some of those people. You know, it's not not worth it. You got you to gotta do what's right to make sure you're okay. Time for the fan horror appreciation moment, everybody. What is up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a few of the members of my Patreon community. Because all of you are goddamn heroes who help me pay some rent. Okay, I want to give a thank you to Ivan K., uh, thanks for all the joking techniques. If anybody needs a joking tip, if anybody doesn't know what joking is or how to spell joking, Ivan K is the guy you want to talk to. Thanks for your membership, Bobby, buddy. Uh, next up, Guru. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the O with a slash through it, but that's the O I'm trying to say when I say Guru. Uh, my 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 Norway patron. What is up? Oh my gosh, I've never had one of you before. I didn't even know people in Norway listen to this show, and I'm glad you do, and I'm glad you're a member. And then a shout-out to Felicity Jones, who has actually been a guest of this podcast. Uh, She runs the Young Naturists of America. It is a nudist group, society, club, organization. So uh, I, I like to imagine Felicity was butt naked when she became a member, and I thank you for it. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 a month. Help support the podcast. Go get some wonderful exclusive rewards for yourself. 
join this very private community of members that we have, all you got to do is head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. You can do it right now from your phone while you're listening to this bad boy. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. Go become a member right now while we wrap up with Nicoletta Heidegger. So, I, you know, I, I yeah, I think people should be going into being civil when you're trying to, like, correct someone and call someone out because, like, people need to call, be called out. I've had to call people out. People have needed to call me out. That's a thing that just happens. And it's good. And it's productive. It's how we learn. So I, how do we call each other out productively? That's what you were talking about. I think I think doing it with, with someone you give half a shit about. Um, so to be called out by acquaintances who I don't really know or if mm-hmm. I've never met you in fucking person. Yeah. But like we know the same people in the same industry. I would find – like I think a way – let's say like we were acquaintances – before we're, today, we're acquaintances. yeah, and and we'd never met before today, mm-hmm. and like I saw you post on show on Twitter. Maybe I don't need to yell at you, but I can reach out to someone I know knows you better, and I know them, and be like, hey, like I saw this, like do you know what that's about? Like, do you think some someone should like maybe talk to them about that? This is a big problem, and I, I think bringing other people in can help. Um, but I think everyone responds to criticism differently. I just personally know that um, if I feel like it's insincere, I, I feel attacked. And especially if it's in a group mentality, I have a severe background with bullying. I try not to have conversations of any nature of that kind on social media. Well, I think sometimes I'll, I'll call things out if I'm like particularly, you know, triggered and feel the need to say something yeah. in a hopefully kind and productive way or educational way. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me, often I won't. I just don't think anything important in the world like should be said with thumbs. Mm-hmm. I think they sh- that should be a phone call. FaceTime the shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a thing. I'm thinking about if, if I can prepare myself mentally for it, but I might post like on Facebook or something. Be like, comment with the thing you have the biggest problem with me on, but know that you'll have to follow up with it with meeting with a conversation over coffee or FaceTime or the phone. So I it's think like, that's ideal. Yeah. Cause hey, it's like, hey, I'm going to invite you to say, I've got Billy, I have a problem with the type of jokes you post, or I have a problem with this, or I have a problem with your fucking thin hair. Um, the only thing is like, you're going to, I'm going to follow up with you and you're going to have to have a a longer conversation, which requires emotional energy. So if you don't think you have the emotional energy to get into the full conversation that might correct and improve that part of a person, then maybe just don't say shit at all. When I get the haters on YouTube and stuff, I'm usually just saying like nice things back. So I'm like, thank you so much for your input. Like, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that, I mean, YouTube comment threads are not fucking friendly. I gotta imagine. Oh yeah, especially no, I try not to read any of that. <laughs> especially being, like I said, and just being a woman on the internet kind of just blows. Uh, but on YouTube, holy fuck, it's just so bad. Like, how yeah. do you, how do you care for yourself mentally? How do you do the self care to like stay sane through that? I guess to me, it just reminds me like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, like your friend was talking about with the headspace, like sometimes it does get to me for sure. Like I had, um, recently one of my videos was taken down because it went against quote unquote community guidelines, whatever the fuck that means. Right. right? Which is so fucking ridiculous because I can literally watch porn on YouTube. I searched for like some really fucked up shit and I found it all on YouTube. So that just was to me. see if you can find it or cause you're into Didn't, it. Well, probably both, but like I was comparing to see like what was so bad about my video because it's educational and it says educational stuff is okay. Obviously it's of a sexual nature, mm-hmm. but it's educational. Um, but there's lots of things on there that are not educational that are like really out there, but they're still okay. So that would mean that it's someone who didn't like me that reported one of my videos. Cause it's all on like community, you know, community Ugh. reporting. 
Oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah, so that that was harder. But like when I get, do they like, attack you like personally, like the the way you look, the way you sound, the any? Um, and it was like, do they get personal? I think maybe I haven't made it there yet, but hopefully I'm on my way. That's like the good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign that you've yeah. made it when people start attacking you personally. Just the some of the people on some of my. Just some of the people on some of my more controversial videos who were like, you should just kill yourself. I hate you. Um, you're terrible. You're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I just say, like, thank you for sharing, or I'll just block their flag their comment or whatever. So I, I'm just waiting to make it uh, by no, I'll know I made it when someone starts critiquing my love handles uh, in anger on, <laughs> yeah. on social media. Yeah, exactly. Because really what does that have to, to do it. about the work that you do? Nothing. But, you know, it, they know it will hurt my feelings, <laughs> they know it will make me cry. <laughs> so we got to get you to a therapist. So it's not going to take away from your mental headspace. Yup. I got to get, get, get me one of those uh, sex <laughs> Positive therapist people. I'm yes. gonna try to find one. Oh man, um, Nicolette, where can people find you? This has been so much fun. Do you have um? Do you want to do? It's like it's like seven fifty right now. Do you have maybe an extra ten minutes? We could do like a bonus episode if that's cool. Yeah, if, yeah. I I just have to like be out the, the taxi I by seven fifteen. I get. I'll get you so out I've before seven fifteen. Yeah. Nicola, you've been so great. Uh, we're going to do a little bonus episode. Uh, I would like to talk about minor attraction and maybe some of this fucked up shit you seem to be into. But until then, where can people go find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ms. Heidegger, M-S-H-E-I-D-E-G-G-E-R. You can also check out my podcast, Sluts and Scholars, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast. You on the Spotify? We're not on the Spotify. Got to get yet. on the Spotify. I got Are a you heavy on the Spotify. Yeah, I got a heavy Spotify audience. Oh my god! How do I get the in? Where do you host your shit? Libsyn. Uh, Libsyn. Yeah. Oh yeah, just go to destinations, add the Spotify destination, and uh, done. So I don't even have to apply. Not anymore. They've opened the floodgates. Shut the front door. No big deal. I've been on there for like a couple years. I got. I got. Oh like my god, pick, you but, fucker. Okay. Uh, but but I it's, am it's on. open. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening on Spotify, tip. by the time you hear this episode, it she'll will be, be on Spotify. Spotify. Or you can check out my website, NicolettaVHeidegger.com. N-I-C-O-L-E-T-T-A-V, and then Heidegger, H-E-I-D-E-G-G-E-R. Fantastic. Uh, and, and I'll be posting a link to, uh, some of those places you mentioned that where people could probably find like a sex positive therapist. Oh, yeah. Uh, in in their area. Resources. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I think it's so, I think it's the most common post in question I see posted in like sex positive subreddits or in like private sex positive Facebook groups or poly Facebook groups is where can I find a poly friendly, a queer friendly or a sex positive therapist. So I will put the a link to that in the show notes. But uh, until our Patreon bonus episode, why don't you go say goodbye to everybody? Thanks so much for having me. I hope you reach out and I would love any and all of your sex questions. Ooh, yeah. You know, when we talked a lot about the haters on this uh, week's episode, and even in uh, the intro, you know, that, that fella who was so shocked that I was a half-decent human being, you know, it makes me, th- I, you know, th- it makes me think about taking criticism. And I want to, I want to read something that was tweeted by Dr. Timory, who has been on this podcast herself, because she has her own great show, uh, Sex with Timory. She tweeted something that I am taking to heart. Uh, as as part of my self-care. It says, a friend suggested I have a checklist to determine if I needed to worry about someone's criticism. Do they know me? Do they care about me? Do I need to work with them? Adding this filter has dramatically reduced the amount of time I waste on haters. Now, I don't know who she was writing about. She could be writing about men's rights activist trolls. Who knows? 
But me, I know that I get, you know, kind of shit on from both the left and the right. And I'm going to be trying to add that filter into my life so that hopefully y'all will be hearing less about my drama with haters on the internet um, than I normally do. And I want to thank Nicoletta for, you know, for joining the show, for coming on and for indulging me in my, um, in my share. So I appreciate that. I hope you all go check out her show, the Sluts and Scholars podcast, which you can find pretty much anywhere else you're listening to this show right here. Uh, she is again on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Heidegger, M-I-S-S-H-I-D-E-G-G-E-R. I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Presida. Uh, give a shout out to both of us. You know, when you say you love one of my guests, if they have a Twitter handle, tag them in it. They would love to see the compliment. Use the hashtag Manhor Podcast so we can keep track of you. And if you want to say something a little privately, uh, you can always shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your titty pictures to manhorpod at gmail.com. If you want to hear her bonus episode all about minor attraction, Become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon for $5 a month or more to have access to that tomorrow. You'll get access to her bonus episode and dozens of other bonus shows that are available exclusively on Patreon when you visit patreon.com slash manwhorepodcast. I'll, say, I'll spell it out one more time. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash manwhorepodcast. I hope to get to interact with y'all next week during the Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout. Next week, we've got a very funny comedian and uh, fuckboy supreme, or I may have to say retired fuckboy, comedian Eagle Wit. Until next week, uh, enjoy yourselves, stay out of trouble, oh gosh, avoid the drama, and stay slutty.